Welcome to the Shared Experiences in Leadership and Business Podcast, hosted by Dr. Terrence Kamal, where we share and engage with you on our experiences in ethical leadership, governance, and business. Dr. Kamal has led teams in everything from startups and family businesses to national and international multi-million dollar entities. He is passionate about blockchain, artificial intelligence, healthcare, networking, leadership development, and family. Hi, this is Terence Komal, and I'm excited to share with you my latest discussions and interview with a great friend of mine. At the outset, I'd like to firstly apologize for the sound quality of the recording, as it was not done in studio, but done in a live environment in which I managed to secure some limited time with a great friend, leader, and mentor, Mr. Kamo Mutlana, CEO of the Barlow World Logistics as a member of the Wallow World Group. Kamukelo Mutlana is somebody who I've known for, for a few years now and somebody I immensely respect as a seasoned business professional who has extensive experience, wisdom, and the willingness to be frank about uh, what discussions need to be had and what needs to be done to turn around organizations and the role of those organizations in the economy. I was privileged to share some time with, with him uh, this morning in which I so almost uh, pounced on him uh, to, to some effect and asked if he could kindly share some of his uh, time and thinking with us in terms of where and how he understood ethical leadership is taking the organizations, the country and the economy, both uh, in South Africa and internationally. And his perspectives, the development of youth, the development of organizations and responsible and ethical leadership, the roles of governance, and the role that government and business needs to play in terms of long-term sustainability. I was thoroughly impressed with our, our engagement with him because he's a skilled orator, as well as somebody who didn't actually have time to prep any of this. So all of this was a open, frank discussion that we had, and I think the insights could be really useful to you as much as it has been to me. So again, I apologize for the live audio quality. So it may not be as clean as, as I anticipated it to be, but I thoroughly hope that you do enjoy the interview with Mr. Kamo Mutlana. Dear Kamo, thank you for making the time. I'm, I'm very appreciative that you're willing to talk to us in, in terms of ethical leadership, governance and business. As someone who's been a leader for a long time, mm. but also very actively involved in the transformation of the economy in the, in the, in the, in the recent years, mm. uh, I've, I've actually heard, you know, people have called you the fixer. Mm. You, you walk in and, and you transform organizations and, and bring them to their true market value of where they should be. And you've done it not just once, but multiple times. Mm. What do you think are the key values in, in driving ethical leadership in business in, in the current circumstances? Mm. You see, leadership is a very uh, tricky, can be tricky, yeah, from a point of view that uh, if it's self-serving, uh, then you tend to, to miss the, the core focus of um, what is required. But from a leadership point of view, you've got to be looking at what the original intent or the core intent of what is to be achieved. Uh, and if it's about serving other people, it's about creating a base and a platform uh, for future generations, a base and a platform for uh, shareholders and stakeholders uh, to share in um, 
uh, in the value that has been created. But if it's only focused on yourself as an individual, that's where th things start to go wrong because half the time you may find that your own personal uh, ambitions and goals may not necessarily be shared uh, across the, um, uh, the stakeholder platform per se, if I may use that. And that's where things tend to really get a bit grey. But importantly, I think as, a, as leaders in business, as people in business, as we try and do what we need to do, we always have to really try and deconstruct this thing and keep it very simple. You know? And um, always be able to ask yourself whether you would be able to account to your children for the decisions that you've taken. You'll be able to account to your grandchildren for the role that you've played and for the contribution that you've made. Because that puts on a different set of um, uh, self-assessment. And you would have to think quite differently uh, about the decisions and the actions that you take when you have to look at it from a point of view of your children looking back at what you have done or your grandchildren looking back at what you've contributed. And that helps to really put things in perspective. And the issue is, in five years' time, when you look back, would you be proud of what you've done? In ten years' time, when you look back at your contribution, would it be such that it's something that you'd be comfortable with? And in twenty years' time, what you did today, would it matter? When you decided to take a bribe, when you decided to um, conflict yourself. You know, because it's all about consciousness, really whether we are conscious human beings, when we do things and when we decide to do things, are you doing it with a level of consciousness that says, I'm aware of what I'm doing and its implications and I've applied my mind and I truly understand. And if I don't, uh, have I sought the right type of uh, input from those who are experts or have done it before? So as to make sure that um, whatever decisions that you make are well considered. And it's really about creating the personal discipline that almost becomes your toolbox that says, whenever I consider a decision, these are the processes and steps I'm going to go through, irrespective of whether they are asked of me by anybody I account to or not, just to make sure that uh, issues are fully considered and we have looked at everything from all angles. It's not always easy because we all want to make quick and speedy decisions and move on to the next thing. But it is the discipline that is required, particularly when you're entrusted with the type of uh, responsibilities that we carry, that you almost force yourself into that rhythm of working an approach around issues that you would have to consider the commercial implications of what you do, consider the legal implications of what you're looking at, technological implications, environmental applica implications, and um, making sure that all of those issues, even political and social implications, are considered as you make decisions. But importantly so as well, whether you have the authority to make them. Because it's so easy at times to think that because you are the CEO or you are the group CEO, divisional CEO, whatever it is, 
that you are empowered. But then again, we all operate within a particular context and within a particular frame of authority that has been given to us. Those of us who account to bots, you know, the bot has given you thresholds on what you must do and how you must do it. And no matter how successful you get, it's not to allow history you know, of your success to cloud your judgment uh, in that what has happened yesterday is great, but it's gone. Today is today. i got to apply myself to today's situations within the frame of the delegated authority I've been given. Have the time we get too clever and we start to want to now play the game and want to work around the rules, you know, and, um, and really start to overreach and overplay our authority. And it takes at times uh, some level of uh, naivety and some level of uh, humility, if I may borrow that word, uh, to always consider yourself subject to an authority. The minute you believe you are above authority uh, and you are above uh, accountability, that's when as leaders we start to fail and we start to serve ourselves as opposed to uh, those that have uh, entrusted us with that responsibility. Um, and that's the challenge, you know, of how do we keep ourselves grounded, how do we keep ourselves uh, subject to authority. Uh, even, you know, Jesus himself didn't consider himself to be God, but he considered himself subject to, you know. And yet when you read more and more and you get to understand who he was, you understand that this was the ultimate authority. But it is the humility with which we look at ourselves to say, I am subject to authority myself. I may have more authority than other people, but um, it's important that you keep yourself in check. And if you, we start to measure ourselves about around the contribution that we make to society or that we, we help to serve others, I think we may have a better shot at uh, making a meaningful contribution and perhaps continue to add value to our country and our societies and uh, the broader forums through which we, we serve. So it, it is, it is a, a journey of continuous learning and reflection, uh, particularly around our own shared experiences. Uh, we don't always get it right, but we always try and reflect on what others have done and where we believe we, we need to learn and uh, we can always improve and do better. Um, but it's that continuous engagement that we yeah. need to have around it. Fantastic. Thank you, Kamal. <clears throat> in, in your recent years, mm -hmm. what do you think, besides the framework, mm -hmm. what has you been your biggest challenges to deal with? If you could mention, not particular incidences, mm -hmm. but in, in principle, what has been your biggest challenge in recent years that you found mm -hmm. putting strain on you? You see, when you start to deal with uh, multiple organizations um, that have gone through uh, multiple years of failure, systemic failure and underperformance, and you come across um, leadership failures, be it accounting issues, be it uh, uh, conflicts that executives had uh, placed themselves in, that uh, when you start to deal with them, they take you to beyond the issues of simply mechanical management of businesses. And they, they then 
start to hinge into the uh, um, civil and, and, and criminal you know, elements where you have to now pursue uh, redress, so to, so to speak, on behalf of your borders, on the directive of your boards. It, it starts to place a, a very heavy burden, personal burden uh, on leaders and, and executives. Um, and at times you start to find out that you're dealing with characters that uh, would not stop at anything to protect themselves. And they could threaten uh, your safety, they could threaten the safety of those that are close to you. And even under that pressure, you're still expected to, to lead and to deliver and to do what is right. And so you get stressed in different directions and you have to now make peace with the circumstances through the, that you find yourself in and still decide whether it's worth pursuing uh, um, or you should rather give in so as to uh, take yourself out of danger. So in a sense, I think that those are the, the new challenges and the new framework that one finds themselves operating in. That things go beyond just the business issues. They then tend to get into other you know, areas because of the, the levels of complexity and the levels of um, uh, you know, uh, challenges that you're dealing with. Sure. Yeah. If you were to motivate you know, the, the younger generation coming through, mm. because there's almost a sense of, uh, for want of a better word, an apathy. Yeah. Of saying, well, if I'm the young guy who's going to make that finding, very much like you had in the, in, using crude examples, mm. the, the legal advisor at ESCOM, mm. who blew the whistle, mm. actually got fired. Mm. And whistleblowers or people who want to adhere to best practices mm. get victimized very largely. Mm. What would be your word of advice to young professionals? Because I think that is where our focus is mm. in, in terms of the country of saying, when we want to make a difference, mm. what can we be doing with the youth or the younger graduates who are in our organizations? Mm. I think for the young generation, I think first and foremost is really about ensuring that we get to hone our skills and we get to reflect on uh, the challenges that our, the various professions are facing, the moral apathy uh, that has in fact worsened uh, leadership uh, context and really the after effects of all of these things on the economy, uh, you look at jobs, you look at just um, general decay of uh, good civil discipline and, and really to, to start to redefine the framework and uh, to redefine and reposition the vision as young people that would of a country and an economy that would like to create and inherit and perhaps pass on to the generations to come. Because it is, we, we cannot leave the vision to the current generation because this generation has delivered us to where we are today. And I think we've got to look at our professions as a vehicle towards creating that future um, society that we want to see. And it lies in the old uh, proven values of hard work, that everything takes time, 
uh, or the good things take time. You have to invest yourself. You have to go sweat and it, gain the experience, through the experience, get the wisdom. And uh, through all of that, then you reap the benefits of that which you've worked hard for. There is no instant gratification. It yes. is only a fallacy. And therefore, you want to become a CA, work at it. You want to become the best possible engineer with good track record, you work at it. You invest the time. You don't just job from, I mean, hop from job to job and hope that in 10 years' time you've been through five different organizations that you've experienced. No. It's about really investing in your craft and becoming the best of the best at that. And it is through that type of engagement, it is through that type of uh, investment and dedication that we will produce the crop of leaders that will turn our country into the type of uh, economy, civil society that we so desire and wish we had. Um, you know, even you know, uh, during the Mandela and the Tawambeki era, so to speak. Kamu, in, in, in closing, I, I hear a very strong sense of positivity, though. Mm. Where do you see us going as a country, as an economy, and as leaders uh, in, in the next few years? You know, like they always say, you know, uh, even within a dark cloud, there's a silver lining. And no matter how bleak things might be, uh, hope keeps us going. And I think uh, to start to see some of the positive things, at least on the political and social side, that um, uh, our society has been reflecting on in recent days, in recent weeks and months, since we saw um, the appointment of Cyril Ramaphosa as the President of the Republic, and all the positive things that he's starting to work on and uh, looking at investments that um, you know foreign countries from an FDI point of view that uh, has been committing themselves to um, fixed uh, infrastructure investment which will create jobs that which will sustain jobs which will bring about um, you know uh, a new energy into our economy and more and more people can get in, in business but importantly as well, I think we've seen that uh, there's uh, positive um, developments within the private sector. You know, businesses continue to invest in fixed uh, uh, investment uh, in terms of infrastructure investment. Uh, buildings have been built, roads have been developed, um, and we have an economy that continues to, to fight for itself. So in my view, I think um, uh, as long as, you know, there's a few who continue to hoist the, the flag of hope. We will continue to look for that because the human spirit is that spirit that, that doesn't give up, that continues to look for doing things better. And certainly that there are young people and young entrepreneurs and business people and hopefully politicians, young politicians who are learning from the mistakes of the past and who do want to create a, a better society, a better economy and a thriving uh, country ultimately. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for your time. Thank you for the in the next show, we will share more insights, interviews, and discussions on ethical leadership, governance, and business by Dr. Terence Kamal.